Our Bible readings this morning uh, is taken from Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 16 to 20, uh, which is page 946 in the Church Bibles. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then we have a second reading uh, taken from Luke chapter 4 verses 16 to 21, which can be found on page 973 in your church Bibles. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood there up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And Catherine's going to be speaking to us this morning, so let's just pray for her before she speaks. Father God, we thank you for Catherine, for all that she is to us as a church, all that she does, for all the time that she spent preparing. And Father, we pray that the words she speaks this morning are your words to us. We pray that you would change our hearts and our minds. Amen. So good morning. I'm Catherine and uh, I'm a member of the congregation here. And today we are starting a new series on mission. Uh, If you would like uh, one of the the cards, we've got some over there on the trolley. So you're very welcome to take one. And so you can see what we're doing. We begin today with the Great Commission, what we've just heard in Matthew. Matthew. Uh, And then over the next four weeks, we are going to reflect on the story of Jonah. And we're really pleased to have some speakers representing Romsey Mill, uh, Uzumatelli, the work in Goma, along with Chris Duffett, to give us some insights into Jonah's story alongside their wonderful and varied experiences of mission. And from there, we're going to head into the book of Acts and the stories of the first Christians and how their experience continues to impact our lives today. Anybody remember this? No. (laughs) Okay, the language we use is important. So what do you think of when we use the word mission? Big crusades? Missionaries working overseas? Food banks? Street evangelism? Perhaps nothing to do with church at all. Perhaps it's an organisational mission statement. The Mission Impossible films, NASA space missions, 
or having a specific task or purpose. Maybe this year your mission was to eat better or to use less plastic. Within a church context, clearly mission is something that all of our partner denominations feel is important. Yet it is a word that rarely, if at all, appears in the New Testament. The word mission itself comes from Latin and simply means sending or to send, a concept that is very prevalent in the New Testament, as Jesus is sent by the Father and goes on to send his disciples. That was Billy Graham from 1989 for those who were alive then. There have been various interpretations of what mission is over the years. Historically, it more often referred to sending people or missionaries overseas to promote the Christian faith. For many, mission is associated with social action or supporting struggling communities. Sometimes the word mission is used interchangeably with the word evangelism, which although we may recognise as explicitly talking about Jesus, translates translates from the Greek as announcing the good news. But what is the good news? However we define mission, there is an obvious sense of movement within the concept of being sent. Perhaps that's to a different city or country, but for many of us though, God sends us here. For all of us, Where we are moving is around the world we encounter every day, however physically far that may be. And we can be moved by God through the Holy Spirit to play our part in God's plan for the mission where we are. The Great Commission is well known, but part of it is sometimes overlooked. Our mission, we are told, is to go and make disciples of all nations. Forgetting sometimes the preceding verse, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore. It starts with an assurance of Jesus' power and authority And for any mission we undertake without a continuing refocus on the authority and the centrality of Jesus in everything we do, then all is empty. It's all our own efforts. Jesus is the one with all authority. Everything else flows from that. And as we stand on the shoulders of that authority, we are sent to make disciples of all nations, baptising and teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded. Interestingly, the word here is disciples, not believers. Having belief is not enough. We are called to make and called to be disciples, students, pupils of Jesus. The first century Jews apparently had a blessing. May you always be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Imagine the image of Martha busying herself around the house as Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, soaking up all he was, covered in dust, a disciple. And we are called to make disciples, to encourage and support and build up one another in our discipleship. 
following so closely that the dust Jesus kicks up covers us. Always being with him, learning how to be like him, that others might see him through us. And we are called to baptise and be baptised as a fundamental part of our discipleship. As we live out our baptism every day by turning away from evil and turning towards good. As we live out our place as part of a body, growing, learning how to be more Christ-like. That others might see him through us. Discipleship and baptism may not sound like mission, but perhaps they, underpinned by prayer, form the foundation for mission. So what should we actually be doing? In Luke 4, at the outset of his ministry, Jesus made clear his mission, his purpose. As we heard a few weeks ago, it's sometimes called Jesus' manifesto. It's what he was sent to do, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And it is this mission statement of Jesus, along with the the Great Commission, which the Anglican Church has used as a basis for the five marks of mission, which we've looked at in years gone by, to proclaim good news, to teach, baptise and nurture, to respond in loving service, to challenge injustice and pursue peace, to safeguard the integrity of creation. It is sometimes described as a checklist because as a big picture, our mission activity should tick some of these boxes. But what we actually do about mission varies depending on our different context and community. Perhaps one of the ways we can live mission better is to think about how we came to be here. Not just in Camborne, But how did you get to this point in your journey of faith? For a long time, I would have said there was a point, a specific time and place where I came to faith. And maybe there was. Maybe, though, it started years before with prayers of family, as stories of Sunday school teachers, with the patience of youth workers. And as that journey continues, it's important to recognise the small steps, the tiny seeds, the brief conversations, the acts of kindness, the simple questions that cause us to seek a deeper understanding along the way. One of the many amazing things about Jesus is how every interaction he has was different. In each individual encounter in the Gospels, he deals with people differently. For some, forgiveness was key. For some, healing. Others, affirmation of their faith or demonstration of their value. Many times he asked questions, which is interesting because presumably he already knew the answers. But there was no one formula, no one size fits all. Jesus accepted, loved and recognised the individual and the individual need in the moment. So how do we let our community know that they are loved and that Jesus is relevant? 
Out of Camborne Church over the years, there have been many and continue to be many areas of mission, and I won't list them for fear of missing one. Our society and its needs are ever-changing, and the language we use is important. Some languages, though, are universal. The language of acceptance, of unconditional love, of health, of right relationship. Supporting people with the space to work things out for themselves, perhaps using ideas such as fresh expressions of church or pioneering ministry to embody discipleships in in ways that are appropriate to our local community and needs. Using the arts in all their wonderful and varied ways to promote thinking can be very powerful. Chris, when he talks to us, I hope will mention his paintings. For me, this one speaks wonderfully of mission. The dandelion seeds being blown where the spirit of God moves them, landing with great gentleness where he wills. A tiny seed that in time and with the right environment can become seeds too many to count. Mission, though, is not just simply a list of things we do. The Methodist Church has a shorter approach. Tell, show, be. Tell somebody, show somebody, be somebody. Because mission is not just what we should do, but who we should be. Not only a list of activities, but as with discipleship, it is about continual growth. So our responses become more Christ-like. Mission, like discipleship, is a state of being. I asked earlier on, what is the good news? It is perhaps the basis of all of this. It is what Jesus was sent to bring and what he sends us to bring. And what good news there is in the Great Commission, which starts with an assurance of Jesus' power and ends with a promise. God with us, always. But that good news is not for us alone. God longs for all to know freedom, healing, release from oppression and his favour. And the language we use is important. Words matter. Using language carefully as we are advised in 1 Peter and Colossians, being wise in the way we act towards those outside the church, being ready to explain the hope we have. And moreover, doing this in a respectful and gentle way. Because what makes sense to someone who has little experience of church? What is wise? What is respectful? So today I want to end with a poem which talks of sin and repentance, of grace and salvation but which endeavours to use language which is inclusive to share the good news of our amazing God. The good news is this. As time began, already God had a rescue plan. 
For though we turned the other way, nowhere is too far astray. For God's great love to extend, to bring his peace and to mend the broken pieces of me and you in his promise to make all things new. In ancient times, they did foretell the promise of Emmanuel, that in a child God would come, a gift to us, his only son. And as the angels did appear and urged the shepherds not to fear, good news, they said, by royal birth, heaven reaches down to earth. In time, the child became a man. Fulfilling God's ancient rescue plan, the good news of God's eternal favour poured out despite our past behaviour. In Jesus, God had come to stay, shining the light on a better way and a promise that we're not defined by the mess we've left behind. That from fear and darkness we are free to walk a life of victory. In hopelessness we need not stay. The good news is Jesus found the way. And through the cross he's done enough to wipe clean the slate of all the stuff that holds us back and weighs us down. And instead gives us a royal crown. And for all who turn their ears to hear, or eyes to see, it is made clear that heaven reaches down to earth in a declaration of our worth. For we are wanted and adored, precious children of the Lord. The good news, a great rescue from above. God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Shall we pray? Incredible God, thank you for your astonishing love for us and for sending Jesus despite the incredible cost. Inspire our hearts to live as people of mission, reflecting who you are. Move in us your heart for Camborne, both as individuals and as your church grant us words, wisdom and gentle boldness, resting on the authority of Jesus that we may be your hands, your feet, your voice in the places you send us to your glory. Amen.